Hello and welcome to the English Learners Book Club. In this episode, we'll be discussing Wuthering Heights by Emily Bronte. Before I begin, however, I have a quick update to share with you, and a request. So far, we've been creating vocab lists every month, a list of the key vocabulary for the book we've been discussing, with definitions in English. All existing vocab lists are available on our website, and will remain there. However, we've decided not to do so from next month onwards, due to a lack of interest in these lists. We hope to create other resources instead, resources that we hope will be more useful to you all. We want the ELB to be interactive, to be like a conversation, and that's my request for you today. You can get in touch with us through our website, under the About page, or through Instagram, both of which are linked in the description of this episode. Let us know what you like about the podcast, what you don't like, and what you'd like from us in the future. Bonus episodes on more general topics, longer audiobooks, grammar guides, or any other resource that interests you. Whatever suggestions you have, we'd love to hear them. For now though, let's discuss Wuthering Heights. Wuthering Heights is the first and only novel published by Emily Bronte. Her sisters, Anne and Charlotte, were also writers. Like her sisters, Emily published under a pseudonym, a false name. The first edition of Wuthering Heights was therefore published under the name Ellis Bell. If you'd like to learn more about the lives of the Bronte sisters, including Emily, we'll be posting a bonus episode soon about all three, so don't forget to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so already. Wuthering Heights was published in 1847, just one year before Emily Bronte died at the age of 30. Although it is now considered a classic work of English literature, contemporary reviewers, that is, reviewers who were writing around the time it was published, had mixed feelings about the book. They praised the novel for its originality, its imagination and its power, but many were also shocked and even appalled by the cruel and violent actions which occur within the novel. The story follows several generations of two families, living on the bleak moors of West Yorkshire. Moors are wide and vast expanses, usually high up and prone to stormy and windy weather, where the ground is often soggy and wet. The cast of characters in the book, and the relationships between them, can become confusing and hard to keep track of, mainly because so many of them share similar names. In fact, the English writer Virginia Woolf sketched a family tree inside her edition of the book. If you haven't read the book yet yourself, you might find it helpful to do the same, or you can find family trees online with a quick Google search. Wuthering Heights has two main narrators. Our primary narrator is Lockwood, who begins and ends the story. He is the new tenant at a house named Thrushcross Grange, and the novel opens with him paying a visit to his landlord, Heathcliff, who lives at Wuthering Heights. These are the principal locations of the novel, and they change ownership at several points during the narrative. The two settings are in opposition to one another. Wuthering Heights is a setting of passion, nature, turbulence, and the darker side of life. Thrushcross Grange, on the other hand, is associated with civilization, politeness, 
calmness and order. Lockwood meets the inhabitants of Wuthering Heights on his first visit, but it is only when bedridden after falling in the snow on his journey home that he learns their story. The housekeeper at Thrushcross Grange, Nellie, or Ellen Dean, helps him to pass the time by sharing the story of this strange family. She is, therefore, the second of our two narrators. Nellie takes us back three decades to a time when Wuthering Heights was occupied by Mr. and Mrs. Earnshaw, along with their children, Catherine and Hindley. Nellie lived and worked there as a servant, her mother having worked for the family before her. They have a number of other servants at Wuthering Heights, most notably one named Joseph. One day, Mr. Earnshaw returns home from Liverpool with a young orphan boy he found abandoned on the streets. They name him Heathcliff, and he is raised alongside the Earnshaw children. Heathcliff becomes a favourite with Mr. Earnshaw, and earns the hatred and jealousy of Earnshaw's own son, Hindley. But Heathcliff becomes a friend and companion to the daughter of the family, Catherine. Hindley's dislike of Heathcliff intensifies when Mrs. Earnshaw dies, two years after the orphan's arrival. When Mr. Earnshaw himself dies, Hindley takes over as the master of Wuthering Heights. In the meantime, he has attended college and married his wife, Frances. Hindley is a far colder and meaner master than his father. He makes the servants, including Nellie, keep a greater distance from the family. He makes Heathcliff a servant too, and puts an end to his education. Despite all this, Cathy and Heathcliff only become closer, and continue to play and work and run to the moors together. One night, the pair roam as far as Thrushcross Grange, and spy on its inhabitants through the windows. Thrushcross Grange was the home of the Linton family, and Cathy and Heathcliff watched the two children of the house, Edgar and Isabella, shriek and wailing amidst the luxury of their home. Cathy and Heathcliff laugh and mock the Lintons, and decide to flee the scene when they are spotted. Before they can escape, however, Cathy is bitten by the Linton's dog. The family take her inside to recover, but turn Heathcliff away. Weeks later, the Lintons pay a visit to Wuthering Heights. Hindley orders Heathcliff to leave, and Edgar Linton makes fun of him. Heathcliff spends the evening locked away, and begins to plan his revenge against Hindley. Hindley's wife gives birth to a son, but dies shortly afterwards. The child is named Hareton. Hindley becomes even crueler after the death of his wife, and Heathcliff is forced to suffer the harshness of his treatment. At the same time, Cathy continues to spend time with the Lintons, growing ever closer to Edgar, and keeps her relationship with them separate to and distinct from her closeness to Heathcliff. One evening, Heathcliff overhears Cathy speaking to Nellie. Edgar has proposed to her. Cathy is left feeling uncertain. She recounts a dream she had where she was in heaven, but felt miserable and that she did not belong there, and so was sent back down to earth. She says, I've no more business to marry Edgar Linton than I have to be in heaven, and if the wicked man in there had not brought Heathcliff so low, I shouldn't have thought of it. It would degrade me to marry Heathcliff now, so he shall never know how I love him, 
and that not because he's handsome, Nelly, but because he's more myself than I am. Whatever our souls are made of, his and mine are the same, and Linton's is as different as a moonbeam from a lightning, or frost from fire. Heathcliff hears much of this speech, but is hurt and leaves quietly when she declares that she could never marry him. He does not stay long enough to hear her declaration of love, and leaves Wuthering Heights, not to return for three years. In Heathcliff's absence, Cathy and Edgar Linton are married. The new couple take up residence in Thrushcross Grange, bringing Nelly with them, and for a time things seem to be going well. That is, until Heathcliff makes an unexpected return. He is transformed into a dignified and well-dressed gentleman. Cathy is delighted at his return. Naturally, her feelings are not shared by Edgar. Heathcliff moves in with his old enemy, Hindley, at Wuthering Heights, because Hindley owes him a great debt after losing to him at cards. This arrangement keeps him close to Thrushcross Grange, and he is able to visit Cathy there regularly. During this time, Isabella Linton develops feelings for Heathcliff, an interest which Heathcliff does not reciprocate or share. He is, however, interested in the fact that Isabella is the heir to Edgar's fortunes. Things come to a head when Nellie and Catherine find Heathcliff and Isabella embracing. Catherine and Heathcliff argue, and matters are only made worse when Edgar arrives. He orders Heathcliff to leave. Their argument escalates, but Heathcliff eventually flees the scene. The situation leaves Cathy distraught. She stops eating, becomes delirious, and is never quite the same again. Meanwhile, Isabella and Heathcliff run away together to be married. Edgar is appalled and declares that from then on she is his sister only in name. Their couple are away for two months, during which Isabella sends a letter to her brother, and another to Nelly when he does not reply, outlining the situation and apologising for her actions. Already she has begun to regret her marriage to Heathcliff. Nelly pays a visit to the couple, who have moved back to Wuthering Heights. While there, Heathcliff enlists her help to arrange a meeting with Cathy. He visits Thrushcross Grange one day when Edgar is absent. He returns while they are still together, and Catherine is overcome by her emotions. That evening she gives birth to a daughter, who is also named Cathy, and dies. Isabella, meanwhile, flees the area to move down south, never to return again. There she gives birth to a son, who is named Linton Heathcliff. Shortly afterwards, Hindley Earnshaw dies, leaving Wuthering Heights and his son Hareton in Heathcliff's possession. Twelve years later, Isabella dies too, and although young Linton initially comes to Thrushcross Grange with Edgar, Heathcliff demands that his son live at Wuthering Heights with him. His stay at Thrushcross Grange is therefore brief, but long enough for Cathy to form an attachment to him. The pair grow closer through brief meetings and secret love letters. Heathcliff plots a scheme to ensure that they marry, and succeeds despite Linton's declining health. After their marriage, Cathy arrives home just in time to say goodbye to Edgar on his deathbed. Cathy moves to Wuthering Heights, where her life becomes miserable. She must look after Linton until he dies and Heathcliff inherits Thrushcross Grange. At this point, Nellie's story has caught up with the present day, and her narration comes to an end.
The situation is as it was when Linton first arrived, with Cathy and Hareton living with Heathcliff at Wuthering Heights. When Nellie's story reaches its conclusion, Lockwood has grown tired of life on the moors. He decides to leave and move to London, even though his tenancy has not yet ended. Several months later, however, Lockwood finds himself near the area and spends a night at Thrushcross Grange. He pays a visit to Nellie, who has since moved back to Wuthering Heights, and learns how things have changed since his departure. Cathy and Hareton live together at Wuthering Heights and are engaged. Heathcliff has died and been buried next to Catherine. Rumours circulate of their ghosts, roaming the moors together. One of the most notable aspects of the novel is Heathcliff's cruelty and desire for revenge. He treats Hareton incredibly unfairly and seems to care little for his own son Linton, even when he is dying. His actions are very difficult to understand. At several points throughout the novel, characters even wonder if Heathcliff is not quite human. In her letter to Nellie, Isabella writes, Is Mr. Heathcliff a man? If so, is he mad? And if not, is he a devil? And yet, this complex and conflicted character is a crucial part of what keeps readers coming back to the novel. Because even though his actions are so despicable, it is nevertheless possible to feel some sympathy for Heathcliff. He has a difficult childhood and suffers cruelty of his own. The way he treats Hareton is simply an imitation of the way Heathcliff was treated by Hareton's father. He experiences racist treatment at the hands of those in the novel, even by those who seem to treat him well. Mr Earnshaw, upon returning from Liverpool with Heathcliff, which was at the time one of the largest slave trading ports in the UK, refers to him as it, and says that he didn't know to whom he belonged. He is described as being darker skinned than the rest of the characters, and while this is still being debated by literary critics, our take here at the ELB is that Emily Bronte was trying to address issues of race that were prevalent at the time. Heathcliff's love for Cathy is vast and insurmountable. It motivates all that he does and consumes him entirely. Is his cruelty therefore justified? We are inclined to say that it is not. His love could have led him to forgiveness rather than a violent desire for revenge. Despite all this, or perhaps because of it, Heathcliff remains one of literature's most fascinating and compelling characters. The relationship between Heathcliff and Catherine lies at the very heart of Wuthering Heights. They see each other as soulmates, as two halves of the same person. The love between them defies understanding, seemingly even for the two involved, as both end up marrying other people. Their love becomes associated with nature, and the freedom they felt exploring it together on the moors as children. Like nature, however, their love is both a destructive as well as a constructive force. It is a love which goes against conventional morality and the rules of society. Heathcliff even disturbs Catherine's grave, digging her up and vowing to be buried next to her with no coffin between them. These actions are shocking, but Heathcliff is compelled by the enormity of his love for Catherine. Through his love, he breaks all sorts of social and moral codes, for better or worse. 
Despite the intensity of their feelings for one another, the relationship between Heathcliff and Catherine cannot work within the codes and conventions of real life and society. She is of too high status for him to be considered a valid option as a marriage companion, a truth which Catherine recognises, even though she clearly dislikes the idea of not being with him. It is therefore doomed to fail, and destroys them both in the process, along with many of the people around them. We see a different kind of relationship at the end of the novel, between Hareton and young Cathy. While the elder Catherine was often selfish with her love towards Heathcliff, her daughter demonstrates a kinder, more giving love when she teaches Hareton to read. Catherine and Hareton appear to be a couple who are able to work through their problems and difficulties, and therefore are much more capable of living a happy life together.